I suppose you want to have your vegan cake and eat it too. Well, now you can, baby, because it's time for another edition of Vegan Radio! Today is part two of the Megan and Derek 10-year vegan anniversary special. Yes, it's been 10 years since Megan and I went vegan together, and we're still celebrating. 10 long years, listeners. (laughs) Yep. I haven't been able to get her off my tail since then, but uh, that's all right. She's a a good companion. That's why we're co-hosting. And uh, we've got some interviews with... Oh, yeah, you're jonesing for some tofu, because we got some interviews with people we used to know way back when... Back when we lived in Rochester. Crazy, crazy kooky characters. That's right. You're about to hear all the interviews. <laughs> and we're going to start with uh, Megan's two sisters, Marie and Marissa, <laughs> who are going to uh, debate whether Megan was vegan first or second. First! First, listeners! I was first! <laughs> Actually, vegetarian. Marissa never quite made it over the vegan hump. That's true. But she's she's pretty close. We can, uh, we can give her some kudos. Uh, vegan radio. Vegan radio. Yes, that's right. Vegan radio. <laughs> we know you've been waiting all these last two weeks. Play the interview, Derek. <laughs> we have to wait till the theme song ends, Megan. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first interview is going to be Marissa, which is Megan's older sister. Could you tell us um, who was vegetarian first, you or Megan? <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely. I was definitely. Well, I think I was. How do you get? How no. do you get to your conclusion? And you know what? What's your logic? I asked Sis, our other sister, for li- for our listeners, and she okay. Thinks, Sis will definitely thinks, say you. <laughs> she she thinks that I was first. She thought about it for a little while, and then she said, "I think it was you." She we didn't even talk back then. How would she know? But she would just say you just because. You, Marissa no. Marie. I I thought about I, this I, after because I yeah, and I I became vegetarian in 1993, which was 13 years ago, and 13 years ago, you were how old? You were 20. You were eating hot dogs. No, you were 20. No, correct. <laughs> you were 20, Rissa. Right. Okay. You were 20, which means that you were like a sophomore in college. And you weren't vegetarian yet when you were. A no, sophomore. I was not a sophomore when I was. You were in a junior. Exactly, and that's right when I started. Well, no, I. That's, yeah, right yeah, exactly. after I became vegetarian. That's no, when you started. no, that's no. I know it is because when I was a sophomore, is when I was. Um, you want to know who started. I know because I became vegetarian when I when I was seventeen, and. Um, I remember mom was very upset because I was still eating some fish and then she was like, okay, that's okay. And then I went to, but I was away. No she didn't... Oh, come on. I would, she would have been upset if you had, if you, no. even if you told her on the phone, she still because would have been I upset. became, I got into dietetics my sophomore year. That yes, was the year before. You, right. But you were, you were eating healthy and you taught me to eat healthy. My sophomore year I did, but then by my junior year. Rissa, <laughs> just admit <laughs> that you were not vegetarian no. when you were a junior in college, and then yes. I went vegetarian first. It's just, there's there's no debate, my friend. <laughs> no. There's no debate. No, that's not true. 
All right. Well, so not true. I started the steps. You followed. <laughs> let's just agree what? to disagree so we can Derek go wants to, to the agree next to subject. disagree. <laughs> next um, question. Next question. <laughs> So you do you do concede that Megan is right then? <laughs> Definitely not. But you can but you can think that if it makes you feel better. <laughs> if it makes you feel cleaner. <laughs> We're gonna have a poll on our website. What our voters uh, who our voters believe. <laughs> so do you have any funny Megan and Derek stories that you remember? Oh the garlic, the garlic, the garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the garlic. What about the garlic? What do you remember? Oh, the garlic and the, you know, the chicken videos that you tortured my children with. <laughs> tortured your children with. Chicken videos? What's this? Oh, I've shown, I've shown her family a couple videos in my time. Really? Sure. Peaceful oh, kingdom so did or you. something. Doogie dogs. I did? Yeah. No, I'm a good man. <laughs> so what about and the, the garlic? pamphlets. <laughs> a lot of pamphlets. What what about the garlic? What's what does garlic mean? Oh, you? just how much you use and how it <laughs> permeated <laughs> through <laughs> through my clothes <laughs> and <laughs> just about everything else. We ate a lot of raw garlic. Yes. At one Lots point. Lots of garlic. Early, early in our veganism. Any any other? Or maybe that was your just your health food stage when you thought that you were. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we just thought kidding. we were healthy. <laughs> what uh any other stories you have yeah when i came to visit you guys and to try to get away from my second child because <laughs> she was driving me nuts and it was and the I first was... time that you had left that your second child alone with your husband sean right right and i was um i was pumping and uh we were gonna see if um if your cats would eat human milk <laughs> So we so so you you did the it old pumping, pumped the pumped the old breasts, and then we uh, took that and um, instead of putting it down in the fact, drain, we put it in the cat bowls, didn't we? But they didn't they didn't go for it. In fact, I was telling I don't just recently I was telling someone that story. I forget who it was, and they were like, "And you put it in a bowl?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really funny. Like they thought you were like breastfeeding the cat. Yeah. Or something? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I think the way that I said it. Sicko. Anyway, well, I, I can testify it tasted good on peanut butter bumpers. <gasps> That's not true, <laughs> Derek. He did not ingest anything. You're disgusting. That's not disgusting. It's human milk. It's oh made for god. humans. I'm human. Human milk for humans. Cows oh. milk for cows. Anyways, did we have any kind of influence in you in any way? Yeah. Yeah. Just um. I mean, because I started more on the health, the health way of it. So by, you know, like I mentioned, the videos and the pamphlets and stuff helped to see, you know, the animal rights side of it. Which, so you, um, so you do identify a little bit with the animal rights part. Right. Yeah. And so does my husband, who is still a carnivore. <laughs> but um, he is um, deeply affected by the um pus in the milk <laughs> that scenario yeah in fact he'll bring it up to people like i forget who i think his brother like when his brother's drinking cow's milk he'll be like 
you know that contains pus and blood. <laughs> just for our... Know, I'm like, yeah, just like after the chicken wings you ate. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's really nothing compared to the fecal matter on chicken or uh, the uh, bowels and sausage. Or I guess it's just the visual. I don't know. And have you, but ha- still, have you had any good. situations where um, people say you're you're pretty connected to your church, your church, so people in your church or other friends, you know, not feeling like that they had the right nutrition? Do you feel like you've had to justify a lot of times, like why they're vegetarian? Yeah, yeah, that annoys me. That annoys me at times. Like, I don't know if it was you. Do you bring that up because I told you that story? Um, or I you just, were just asking. I bring it up because um, it because it, because it's because as a as a vegan, you know, and being connected to the vegan community, I'm justifying you get a lot. my deci- my deci- my decisions all the time. So I know it's not. I as just didn't know if I told you. Yeah, there was this um, one of my, and I mean they don't mean anything wrong by it, but they do like. It was with Annalise and my kids, as you know, they are just big eaters, and, and they're big, I'm a big eater. And they're big kids; they're they're tall. <laughs> yeah, they're but, tall. They're not. Big. I mean, my second is like a bean pole. But, oh yeah, they're all they're all fit. Yeah, but they're they're but they're gonna both be me tall. and I think it comes more both me and you know Sean eat right. a lot. Well, yeah. my third Annalise, she you know she eats a lot. She just has a huge appetite. She she's always eating and. One of my friends was like, because I was just like, yeah, she's always eating and blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, well, could that be because she doesn't get enough protein? <laughs> I'm like, oh, like it annoys me. It, yeah. You know, it just totally annoys me. And I'm just like, um, no, I think she probably gets more protein than you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just annoying, you know. Yeah, because um, you don't even have to deal with people asking you about the calcium thing because they do have like, some dairy products but yeah right the protein but but to them but to like a lay person just the fact that we just drink soy milk is is you know what i mean is something enough to be like yeah i mean the fact yeah you're right like you might not be getting enough calcium and or not yeah and the big thing is protein always well it's not you know you're not they're not filled up maybe that's you know and i get that not you know a lot just with all the kids because they are always hungry just like oh you know Probably because they're not, you know, they're missing something from well, meat. Well, and, and I mean, there is a reality, too, to the to the fact of that vegetarian food doesn't fill you up. It doesn't give you, it doesn't make you feel as heavy, and you do eat more meals, you know what I mean, in a day than you might if you ate, like, a big hamburger or something. But that's how we're, our bodies are supposed to be. I mean, we're grazers. You know, you're, it's, it's good right. that you can eat a meal and it passes through your digestive system fast. Yeah, the kids themselves um, kind of just just because it's what they're used to, they grew up with it. It's not like something, it's just the way it is, yeah. you know. They just don't eat it. They don't seem, you know, I don't think, no, they're not like these gung-ho, you know, vegan activists. But then again, not, not at yet. All. <laughs> right. Wait till they come spend a week with Aunt Maggie in Massachusetts. <laughs> but but they're not the other way either they're like you know they're okay to say you know i'm a vegetarian hey a funny story is because we are vegetarian and we are christian i remember when brienne was like i think she was in preschool and she's just like she wasn't quite understanding everything yet and i just remember that one i don't know if i told you the story of how she's like telling her friends yeah i'm a vegetarian that means i believe in god or something (laughs) 
<laughs> or so, or it was like the vice, you know, or vice versa. Like, right. yeah, I, I believe in God because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> That's funny. It was very funny. Next up, we have Megan's other sister. Murray, and also my niece, her daughter, Grace, and Murray is going to settle the score of who became vegetarian first. I think the listeners know who yeah, it was. Yeah, you know already. Hello, we are in the home of Murray Muir, my sister, my older sister, and we're going to ask her a couple of questions <laughs> about our past history. How are you doing, Murray? Good. <laughs> so um, we had a dispute between um, Megan and Marissa on which one went vegetarian first. Do you have any memories? Do you remember that? Um, I believe it was Megan. I believe it was myself as well because yeah. I went vegetarian in 1993 and... I'm pretty sure Rissa was very healthy. She had right. gotten me to stop eating butter and all those products, but she wasn't vegetarian at that point, from what I remember. I remember that because I stopped eating red meat when I was like 16 in high you, school. You and definitely I that you, I had stopped then, but I was still eating. You were still chicken, eating the and chicken. That was the only thing. And then I remember you starting um, to cut out cheese. That's what right. I remember. I, before Rissa ever ever went vegetarian right that's that's what i remember and you definitely yeah you were not eating red meat for a long time i remember you were definitely the first to cut out red meat right i do remember that but rissa swears that she turned well, she vegetarian was, and that she she was first and i and she's like she said oh you're definitely vegan first but she but wasn't i, I was vegetarian first, first. she it's was not in hard college to be vegan so. first when rissa never went vegan <laughs> <laughs> there you have it the oldest sister thinks that I went vegetarian first. So, All right, we have verification. We'll, we'll leave it at that, Marissa Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us, did Megan have any influence on you becoming vegetarian? I would say so. I would, actually, I would say, like, do you remember when I showed you the chicken poultry books? Yeah, I think that I actually became vegetarian because I wanted to. Like, just right. I, I really did not like to eat meat. But I would say you've had an influence on me on how I, you know, have progressed from that time, being vegetarian to trying to cut out dairy products and eggs and all of that. Even though I am vegetarian, I... But you definitely... Have you, a really you drink soy milk instead of milk. Right. And, right. And use, you know, I try not to use the dairy products, you know, minimally. So, right. How's it been raising a vegetarian family? It's easy. A I large think. vegetarian family. <laughs> Marie has four children and a husband. They're all vegetarian. I think it's easy. I really think now with all the, the products and the things like that to get all the protein that we need, you know, I, th I think it's easy. And the hardest thing was, you know, waiting for Richard to become vegetarian. That was like the Who's biggest your hurdle. husband. Right. And once that happened, it, you know, it's easy when we all are. How'd you get Richard to convert? Um, I just really wore away at him day after day. <laughs> day after day, day after day. day. And he was not allowed to cook any meat in the house or really have any meat in the house you know only if we went out so it just got to the point where it was easier i think he said just to be and then you know he's really happy that he has health reasons and i know he said a couple times he just feels he a lot feels better a lot better he used to eat like burgers at mcdonald's and just i mean he's not eating that kind of well, crappy stuff yeah. and he drinks soy milk and you know he's he's like a lot healthier definitely with the change I know you said you feel like it's easy raising a vegetarian family, but 
have, is there anything that has happened that's been hard, like out in the world, out in the community, other people, like I would say having meals or anything like that? I would. I would say that, you school. know. School. School, I mean, school does accommodate vegetarians. They have a vegetarian menu, so, oh, you know, if cool. she wanted to. But she likes to have her own food. Right. Um, I would say just like, say, Richard's family, in-laws, you know, mm -hmm. all the comments. And some people are really accepting of it, and they don't need to be vegetarian, but they'll accept what you're doing, which is, I feel, how our mom and dad are. You right. know, they're accepting right. of it, yet we can't convert them. Right. But... And we've say, tried. Yeah. Oh, how we've tried. You know, like Richard's family is, you know, they're almost antagonistic about it. You know, they, they're kind of making jokes still and, and things in, like that. Right. And insinuating <laughs> that, you know, we should be eating meat and just, you know, his mom always has things to say, like, like that we're lacking things, you know. Right. I know my friend Trisha, she said her in-laws are actually insinuating that like she shouldn't become pregnant being a vegetarian that oh, she's God. yeah that she'll have problems health-wise that way with the baby you know so and trisha you, is completely vegetarian um no she, i would say because she has seafood so okay she's not but mostly vegetarian mostly, but with well, seafood's the thing you should stay away from with pregnancy exactly it's true it's the mercury <clears throat> levels in the fish right. so well it looks like um we got two vegetarian sisters they each had four kids and all of them are healthy it's and that's true. and that's my point that I say to people, you know, and I would have to say brag a little bit that my kids are a lot healthier than a lot of kids as far as like not having colds, right, sicknesses throughout the year. I never there's, you know, I really would say that I see them as being healthier than a lot of other kids that are eating meat. Hello listeners, we have Grace Muir here today who is 9 years old, happens to be my vegetarian niece. A very lovely little girl. Um, Grace, you want to say hi? Hi. Grace, how long have you been vegetarian? Um, nine years. Nine years. Which, is that your whole life? Um, yeah. Do you eat, like, um, veggie hot dogs and veggie turkey? Yes. Yeah. You eat those sometimes. Or a lot of times, maybe. Yes. Yes. What's your favorite vegetarian food? Veggie burgers. <laughs> you like garden burger, sunshine burger? No. What, no? Are, what, what are your favorite ones? Do you Boca know? burger. Boca? Yes. Yeah. You like boca? What's your favorite food Aunt Maggie makes? Her chocolate chip cookies. Ah. Oh, her favorite in <laughs> Northampton too. Has it has it been hard being vegetarian at school? Bring any bring vegetarian lunches? Yes, or because some kids they don't understand that it's not real meat. Oh, so you tell them that you're vegetarian, and then they say, "That's you're not vegetarian. You're eating meat." Yes, it happens a lot. Really? Do you go give them a noogie if they give you a hard time? No. No? How about a wedgie? No. What, what do you say How to them? How about Indian burn? <laughs> what do you say to them when they say that? I just keep on trying to tell them that it's not real meat. So how do you like your new baby brother? <laughs> Is he stealing the limelight? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He'll do that for a little while, but he'll, he'll become old news. <laughs> what what are you going to be when you grow up, Grace? A teacher. A teacher? A teacher. Will you teach um, vegetarian issues in your class if you can? No, thank you. No, thank you. You won't teach, you won't teach your kids about vegetarianism? No, I'll tell them that I was a vegetarian my whole life, though. Cool. Okay, listeners, that was Grace, and she also did this little... Uh, Thing for us. What is this, Megan? A little monologue. 
you might say, um, when I told her that we were going to interview her. Um, she got very excited and she wrote up a monologue and she wrote pages about veganism and drew pictures and she got very she got very excited, which I think I can see a little vegan vegetarian activist on our, on our hands. That's what yeah. I think. Do you think this microphone's making me sound like I have a lisp? <laughs> There's something funny going on. I here. think you do have a lisp. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I think you sabotaged my microphone. It's like cutting out some of my uh, my range or something. If any of our... Uh, Listeners, it's very unfortunate, <laughs> but... If any of our techies out there ha- are listening and you want to call in and maybe tell me why that is, or if it sounds all right on the radio. Per- perhaps you're just developing a lisp. I don't think so. <laughs> well, enough of Megan. We're going to listen to our niece. Being a vegetarian is a nice way to live because you're not killing an animal. Vegans do not eat butter, milk, and other dairy products, plus no meat. Vegetarians don't eat meat, but they can eat dairy products. If you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you are doing a nice thing to animals because each animal should be a friend, not food. Please become a vegan or a vegetarian soon. All right, you heard her. Vegan or vegetarian soon, hopefully vegan. Next, we're going to do a couple segments with um, our friends we used to be in the Rochester Vegetarian Society, and we started a like subgroup we called Young Ravs. We didn't really tell the Ravs about it. We just uh, it was our little in club, you know, our little clique. Gotta have a little clique because there's a lot of a lot of older vegans and vegetarians in vegetarian societies. So you yeah. gotta form you gotta form the hip For young. For some club. reason, uh, vegetarian societies seem to attract older members, um, and the the young people might not think it's cool to be in a vegetarian society or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, we were in our mid-twenties, young and hip. (laughs) Young and hip. (laughs) We had the future ahead of us. Well, some of us were. (laughs) Some of us who use the word hip aren't hip. (laughs) We had the future ahead of us. We had that bright glow in our eyes. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, and Megan looks so beautiful. What happened? I couldn't keep my eyes off her. Anyway, the first people are our friends, the Shirellins, who used to be... Um, Dave, Sharon, and Jen Rellin, and they... They got married and... Married, and merged they them. merged their names into Shirellin. So here they are, the Shirellins. We're here with Scrub and Jen Shirellin. It is Christmas too much of North America, but Scrub and Jen are Jewish, and uh, Megan and I just celebrated our first Hanukkah. It was quite exciting. With lots of oil. <laughs> we found out that um, oil is the theme of Hanukkah. We're here with little Tia, their second child. She thinks the microphone is a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we first met Dave at Rochester Vegetarian Society meeting. Dave, a.k.a. Scrub. What was your first impression of Megan and I? <laughs> Well, my first impression was they made the um, best entrance and still to this day um, unmatched um, entrance to the Vegetarian Society. Um, They brought a German chocolate cake, and it's still still legend. I I don't remember what meeting them uh, particularly, (laughs) but I do remember remember meeting the cake. cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that was a funny story. Um, We made the cake out of a Vegetarian Times recipe. I'd always loved German chocolate cake as a kid, and so it was good, and uh, we brought it in this nice plastic thing, and it was our first meeting, and we were all proud of it, and we put it on this little card table, and, and it collapsed. 
<laughs> and we barely saved the cake. The card table collapsed. Oh, there was another thing with um, when Megan was making the cake. She was pressing down so hard on the spatula that the spatula <laughs> broke inside the batter. <laughs> so, so we lost a piece of the rubber spatula, but at the time we didn't know it. And then it turned out like every we got to Rav's and everyone was. Uh, we heard like all all around us little people talking about the cake everywhere, <laughs> how good oh, it was. So good, so and good. I finally got to my piece and I started biting into it and there's like a piece of plastic in it. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> we found the rubber spatula. It was at a, a later Rabs meeting at um, the home of Ted and Carol Barnett that uh, Jen and Scrub first met. You want to tell us that story? Um, yeah, I can um, tell from my end, then Jen can fill in from from hers. Um, it was the, uh, it was the summer, um, picnic out at the, out at the Barnett's and I was about ready to leave, went over to the table where, where all of, you know, our friends were to, to say goodbye. Jen had gotten there, um, at that point. So I just said hello and goodbye, <laughs> um, and started packing up and walked away. Jen looks like she doesn't recall this. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember I just, you guys sitting together for a little while. That, that was after. Yeah, I just remember this, this guy who was going off to play Frisbee with the, with the kids. And when he, when he came back, um, I overheard him talking with someone about nutrition, and I, was, I had studied nutrition and uh, asked him about it. Well, probably at that time, I was... Um, studying um nutrition just the the basic courses oh uh, you know that was after anthropology and philosophy and <laughs> and even though i have a master's in nutrition i almost didn't study it i almost studied other things so it was a good thing i did in the end because that's kind of part of what brought us together so oh. you guys went home with each other that night well actually <laughs> you guys are you guys are part of the story of our of our first date we were at the mission the, yes there was a restaurant in rochester new york it was really awesome vegetarian restaurant called the mission cafe as they walked in and i said did you see jen and scrub together and they came and sat with us and they left after they had left eating dinner and i said those two are going to get married i said it and it came true <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> is that our pre-date or our date that was our date uh, yes the, that's that's another dispute well actually jen claims that was our first date i actually claimed the day before was our date or the other way around i don't remember the night before was a pre-date, which Jen counts as our first date, but the mission was actually our first date. Um, how, how long from then till when you got married? Um, two and a half years. And you had a vegan wedding? Yeah. Featured in Veg News Magazine? Oh, yeah. Was that the first wedding issue? That was Yeah, and the first wedding issue, and that was something... The premier vegan wedding issue. Yeah, and so that was something that was very special. Yeah, it was, it was really nice to put on a, a really nice spread and then to have it featured in the magazine. We just wish we had been able to enjoy the food a little more. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. You're running around. I will attest to the greatness of the food at that wedding and the breakfast. You guys had the vegan cinnamon rolls you brought in. You had the appetizers. You'd brought in foods that seemed like from, me yeah, from many different places to make it like an ultimate vegan delectable smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, the whole weekend was really great because we were able to rent out a 4-H camp and so all of our friends were able to hang out at the camp. We had, you know, this camp kitchen, which was designed to feed 300 kids. And so we just yeah. stocked it with vegan, with vegan food. And then whoever woke up first and got the kitchen started, just started making yeah. whatever they felt like. And um, it's a three-day vegan wedding. Let's talk about your um, Jewishness. 
Jewishness. Jewishness? Jewishness. We're, we're the only um, people in both our families who were intermarried with another Jew. Everyone else is intermarried with someone who's not. And oh, we right. never, ever plan to marry another Jew. Either. Yeah, and actually, I mean, not, uh, you know, we both, we grew up in the same town, didn't know each other. Um, we went to different, different high schools. We went to the same synagogue, but didn't know each other two, year, two years apart. Her brother was in my brother's class. Our families, going further back to beyond our grandparents, all came, came from the same villages in Latvia, Belarus, from uh, Minsk, Pinsk, you know. And yeah, oh yeah, I think I had some from Riga. Are there any special challenges to being a Jewish vegetarian? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's on some, you know, some parts of my family which are, you know, which are semi-orthodox you know and and follow kosher law and you know they find my you know veganism strange and um and i find it strange that someone who follows a bunch of really (laughs) strange laws that were made sense five thousand years ago would find it strange that someone would follow you know their heart and their you know their own logic I know it was odd for us visiting one of my best friends from college in New York City. Um, she's vegetarian, not vegan, and um, you know, she's essentially an Orthodox Jew. She's conservative, leaning towards Orthodox. We had brought food into her apartment, not thinking about it, and it was from a vegan place. So the whole kitchen had been vegan, but it wasn't kosher vegan. And she freaked out that it had been in her fridge, and her husband had to purify their sink from us using something like a utensil. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, vegan but is automatically yeah is automatically going to be kosher. Yeah, I, I don't know, understand. I mean, there's no that. there's no kosher not... way of slicing a carrot. You know. Then what? Um, then why did she freak out? Because a rabbi didn't <laughs> in the kitchen before they. You, know. um, you can't say. <laughs> on oh, I'm radio. sorry. Yes, the Rochester Area Vegetarian Society. Every year they have a vegan seder. Could you tell us about that? <laughs> Yeah, that's something that's been going on for for quite a while. In the last few years, it's gotten a lot more fun because the the Jewish humanist, which is a secular Judaism um, group that we're members of, have combined seders with the the vegetarian society. So now it's a vegetarian humanistic seder. So it's Judaism without the belief in God. It's the the history Tradition. traditions, but without the trappings do what problems do you come up against being vegan yeah, so th- and jewish and like the traditions um the, the one problem with with the traditional seder plate is that there's a shank bone from a lamb and an egg um as part right. of the part was, of the seder th- that's the only time of, well no there, that's not the only time there's also um for rosh hashanah and yom kippur um there's the there's the shofar which is a ram's horn that you that that you mm. blow that we're not real comfortable with um but yeah but at, at passover um we just use other other symbols instead of the egg instead of the shank bone mm-hmm. oh uh, uh, there's a vegan kefilte kif- fish yeah. which actually i like better than oh, really? than the original kefilte fish and what um, is that exactly well, what's kefilte fish i think it's an unknown fish but i think it's carp or white fish or is white fish carp yeah and, and it's it, it's it's ground up and made into these ball shaped things, these oblong things with with this kind of jelly stuff on them. I mean, you eat them with horseradish, a lot of horseradish. I actually forgot when I was initially vegetarian and I wasn't eating fish anymore and ate one once because like you don't even you don't, you don't even think, think of what it is. It's just this uh, blob, this 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 ball. 
kind of and I freaked out fish afterwards. ball. Yeah. ball oh, and let me tell you, um, matzo balls, vegan matzo balls are not easy. They're either they're either that. lumps. I've heard or... that because it's because it's mostly egg, isn't it? Yeah, it's like egg and matzo. Yeah, we've gotten better at it. It's taken a lot of practice, a lot of time. A little vegan. My, my mom egg makes replacer it powder, flaxseed. We've uh, you'd have to we'd have to get my mom in the yeah. room to say what, what the latest unleavened one. Yeah, bread you have to use right. You have to use matzo flour. You know, right. um, matzo meal. You know what? Um, you can't use regular you know regular flour or anything to. Um, to make anything with during Passover. There are some Jewish vegetarian cookbooks too. There's, um, there are two that I know of and then there's one new one, Olives and Honey. Which we haven't seen yet. It's I on order. I don't think any of them are vegan, but... Don't tell my mom. <laughs> olives and Honey doesn't sound vegan. <laughs> no, oh, that's right. Oh, the Honey. honey. Yes. Yeah. I love but it, but my it, Honey but though. Yeah. I, I love my Edit. rice syrup. <laughs> For Rosh Hashanah, instead of using honey, we use brown rice syrup. It's a traditional symbol in the fall. The symbolism of um, of apples and honey for Rosh Hashanah in Israel um, has a very special meaning. It's like a renewal for the year, like um, thinking of all the, I don't know, good things you can do throughout the coming year. Or There's like, a new vegan honey out. Suzanne's just like honey. Oh, no. It's hmm. out of control. It tastes just like honey. It's amazing. Yeah, look, I've never been a big Swaggy. fan of, of honey Me to neither. begin with. So I, I, I like the flavor of brown rice syrup and some of the other. Well, it's made from brown rice syrup, but it has like a, a little spicing to make it more hmm. have that honey Do you remember sure. when Hilana came back from Israel and gave us those marshmallows mm. that she thought were vegan? Because, because, oh, <laughs> yeah, and they had tons of gelatin in them. Yeah. Gelatin is not vegan <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's one thing that you have to be. Yeah, you have to be careful, careful about. That just because it's kosher doesn't mean it. You know, um, that is there mean. are there are kosher gelatins which are made with agar agar and and things, but there can be kosher gelatin that just came from a cow that was right. slaughtered in a kosher way. This is not kosher. Goodbye. <laughs> You're, You're listening, listening to, to vegan, vegan radio. Vegan radio. And this is WXOJLP Northampton that you're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio. <laughs> Podcast at www.veganradio.com. Yeah, and if you want to find out um, more about like the vegan honey or anything we talk about that might have like a web link. Show notes. We have show notes at veganradio.com. Check out our website. It's pretty cool. So next up we have Ted and Lena. Ted and Lena. <laughs> I was getting confused with the Barnetts and the uh, Isaac Potters. Ted and Lena Isaac Potter. Good friends from the past. Happy vegan family. They have three vegan children as well. Yep. Lena used to um, have a vegan bakery in uh, Rochester. She's one of my inspirations to start my own. They were some of our best friends, I think. Yep. And young Ravs. And young Ravs. All right. And here we go. We're here with Lena Isaac and Ted Potter. Isaac Potters, as we know them. Could you tell us about the um, formation of Young Ravs? Tell us about the Rochester Vegetarian Society and and Young Ravs in particular. (laughs) And and our place in it. I actually remember the first time I met you guys as a a couple. Lena had already met you guys, and uh, we were coming out of our... We were coming out of Lori's Natural Foods, and we were going in, and she was like, oh, this is Megan and Derek, and I said, oh, hi, nice to meet you, And, and then... Lena at the time was very obsessed with this concept of a vegan naked commune. <laughs> and still is. And 
you know, she was just going on Which, about... Which, that's patented, by the way. Tell your, tell your readers that's patented. That's true. Listeners, listeners. listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Are you alive, Lena? <laughs> but um, I just... It, my, this is my introduction to Megan Adair. Uh, you know, they... She, Lena was going on about, you know, there's just... Everybody's vegan and everybody's running around naked and everybody's having babies and no one knows who the father is and it's all great. <laughs> and, and I hear Derek say under his breath, now you're talking. <laughs> Which immediately followed by a whack. <laughs> Derek. Derek. You're, you're cut off. You're cut off. You're <laughs> done. You're done. Exactly. That about sums up our relationship, Ted. <laughs> That was that was before time. Megan and enjoyed being naked. So <laughs> now it's all changed. Now she's modeling nude and stuff. And, all right, Derek. And, That's uh, funny because if you guys want to order pictures, I can give you a good deal. <laughs> no. Ooh, oh, they're pretty good. I'm not modeling for him, so don't worry about it. Very good. <laughs> well, we're good because now, now ever since I've had three children, now it's become the vegan mandatory clothing commune. <laughs> Oh, come on. We know you still want to have the naked vegan commune. Let's talk about your, you have three vegan kids. How has it been going raising uh, vegan children in a non-vegan world? Um, I think it's awesome. It's a lot easier than people think that it is or think that it would be, I guess. Well, you're going to have to give our listeners a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> give them a little more yeah. sugar, Lena. <laughs> What are some well, of the challenges and rewards? Well, there's more. There's definitely more work involved. Like, it's not. It's not as easy as not being vegan, say, because you know my daughter goes. My daughter's four and a half now, and she goes to preschool and she goes to birthday parties and and they celebrate birthdays at school. And I always have to, you know, I have frozen vegan cupcakes in the freezer, and I have to pop one out in the morning of a birthday party and frost it and send it to school with her. <clears throat> but it's not. It's not hard enough that it's a deterrent for our lifestyle and it's really for me the best part is seeing veganism ethical veganism explained to a child from birth and how natural it is like how it makes so much sense to a child and it doesn't even require much explaining because if if meat eating parents had to explain to their child what they're eating that would that's one that requires explaining in fact most parents find that around the age of five a lot of kids go through like one day of vegetarianism when they figure out where their food is coming from Versus with Mina, my daughter, I explained to her, you know, oh, well, some people, you know, choose to eat animals, but we don't because animals are our friends, and it makes perfect sense to her. So it's really, at least in the ethical vegan, I think it's really easy to explain to your kids why you're living this way. And she's never, she never really wanted to try foods that aren't vegan because she doesn't want to hurt animals. So, In fact, she comes up with some really insightful things. Like? Um, you're tell her, well, can, I, can I tell the final story? Yeah, I was hoping you would. Okay. <laughs> so she was the other day, the other day she was watching Sesame Street, which unfortunately she does do sometimes. And Elmo was making a pizza, <laughs> and so they they put cheese in the pizza. So I saw this happening. So I kind of walked in the, walked into the room and casually said, "Well, we wouldn't we wouldn't put that on our pizza, right?" And Mina said, "No, we wouldn't put cheese on it." And I said, "Right, because cheese comes from cow milk, right? And we don't want to drink cow milk." And she just kind of looked at me and was like, "Yeah, we wouldn't want to drink that." And I said, "Yeah, because cow milk is for is for cow babies, right? It's not for us." And Mina said, yeah. And I said, that's not very nice to take the milk away from the um, baby calf. 
And she just said, yeah. And I thought, okay, I guess we're done with that conversation. And she kind of looked out the window for a minute and looked back at me. And she said, looked at me and said, I would not like it if a cow came and took my soy milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at her and I just thought, like, A, it's, like, so funny. But I was just like, wow, she has, like, so much, like, empathy and compassion for it. And this, was, this happened when she was, like, not even four. So That's very funny. The other thing funny. she used to say um, at that age and a little earlier is, you know, we would we'd be talking about things that folks ate and how some, some people eat meat because it's important to us to teach, you know, non-judgmental. So like tolerance. Tolerance, right. yeah. People make different choices and, you know, we don't agree with it, but we don't, you know, it, it becomes a sticky situation if you, you know, they go and accuse people of being, you know. Right. I don't know what the word is, but but anyway, but she she does come up with funny things like we would say, you know, well, yeah, those people have the conversation. Those, well, those people are eating meat. We don't eat meat, do we? And she and she would scrip, scrunch up her face and say, "No, we don't eat meat. We eat food." Yeah. <laughs> we also explained smoking to her the other day because she saw someone smoking. And they explained how that's you know not a healthy thing to do for your body and you know, it can make you really sick and you know it can even kill you. You know you can get so sick that, that you die from it. And then ever since we had that conversation, she's noticed cigarette butts laying around on the ground mm-hmm. and the other day we went to the grocery store and we got out of the car and she saw a cigarette butt lying on the ground and she said look there's a cigarette and I said yeah unfortunately some people who smoke also think it's okay to just drop it on the ground when they're done with it and she said yeah they they must have dropped it there when they died <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I'm like okay that's a good public service announcement it must oh be why those you always see McDonald's bags everywhere too, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That was Ted and Lena, our friends from Young Ravs, and now we're going to move on to the slightly older Ravs, <laughs> the middle aged Ravs, the uh, le- the leaders, the leaders <clears throat> of Ravs, actually. Oh, the organizers. Organizers. We're, we're trying to be non-hierarchical. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's why Megan and I are equal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be a little bit up higher on the scale, but we won't tell anybody. <laughs> we'll let her think that, listeners, but you know the truth. Rest. The Barnetts, another Ted and Carol, they were charismatic characters leading the society. Ted would always give um, speeches at the beginning that were kind of quirky and... <laughs> <laughs> And everyone would be, all right, Ted, we just want to go eat. Hurry up and get through it. <laughs> but we love Ted. And here they are telling you what having a vegetarian society is all about. Well, could you briefly like describe what the Rochester Vegetarian Society is and about and, what, and your part in it? Yeah, what you do. Well, um, well, we are an educational organization. And a membership organization, a membership. support group for our members who are vegetarians. Right. And basically... Um, Scott. We try to make it fun to be a vegetarian by having a dinner once a month. That's kind of the basis, the backbone of what it is that we do. And on top of that backbone, we try to have um, uh, a theme with a speaker every at every meeting. And uh, sometimes it's a local speaker, and sometimes we bring in speakers from outside. And the the dinners are vegan, so we have a vegan rule, which has actually worked out pretty well for us. I mean... We're not asking people to make a lifetime commitment or even to even to declare, you know, that they're vegan for the time being. It's just can they share a vegan meal with us because we feel like we want to show them that it can be done and how wonderful and, and abundant 
it can be. And we've never had a problem with it. You know, and we feel like if people come once, then they get how doable it is and they're able to, you know, they're, they're able to understand how to, how to cook for our meetings and, and uh, join in. Great. I do remember someone brought Jello once. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, things look through. Actually, we had um, the vegan. The vegan fleets were reading the ingredients um, at the last meeting, and some and noticed that there was butter was an ingredient. Oh no! So, yeah, so we got all, the vegan fleets got all upset and excited. We went and tracked down the person. She said, "Oh, I wrote down butter by mistake. It wasn't really butter." <laughs> oh, it's true. It was really true. She had adapted a recipe. And she, yeah. Oh, she really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Did you did you get out the butter sniffing dogs? Or? <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. So you guys also have there's a there's a board where you have about eight to ten board members. Is that true? Actually, I actually think it's more like a dozen. It is. It's twelve board members, mm-hmm. and you guys get together once a month and. Or is, is it once a month and you decide? No, it's more like every two or three months. Okay. And you decide who who's going to be the speaker for the next mm-hmm. couple months? Yeah, and we plan things like outreach. You know, we do a lot of tabling, um, meaning we set up tables at health fairs and environmental fairs and hand out literature and, you know, answer questions to of people who come by. And so we plan, you know, what, what extra activities we should do to try to kind of reach out to the public and let them know about vegetarianism. I mean, sometimes we have things like we show films um, and, you know, have, have events in addition to our, our monthly meetings. Yeah, we just showed Peaceable Kingdom. Oh, you did? Show. Oh, yeah. And uh, We showed that recently, too, in the Valley. Right. Mm-hmm. We showed um, The Witness. And recently we had uh, The Philosopher. What was his name, Carol? Uh, Tom, Tom Regan. Tom Regan. Oh, yeah, oh, Tom yeah, Regan. Yeah, Oh, that's Sorry? cool. Yeah, he was up and he had a very nice presentation. He kind of did that in conjunction with the local animal rights organization. That's who we have to get um, is Tom Regan. Yeah. So do you... But, uh, you know, we also produce a newsletter every quarter, and that's kind of um, one of the other major um, things that we do. kind of keeps the group going. Yeah. So um, how, yeah. how's, um, how big is the RAVS membership now? It's about 150. It tends to kind of... Um, ebb and flow. Yeah, ebb and flow around that number. But I think for a, an organization of that size, we um, we get a really good percentage of our members coming to each meeting. I mean, we get we probably get oh, I would what do you think? About fifty or sixty people at every meeting. Yeah, we get at least fifty. It's, 50 it's typical. Uh, sometimes if we have a big, you know, a big speaker, we'll hit eighty. Occasionally a hundred. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good turnout. In fact, you know, when it gets to be that big, it's kind of crowded in, in the building that we use, which is the yeah. Brighton Town Park Lodge. But it's fun. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Sometimes I, I feel like there are, I don't know, I, I feel like there are flock almost. You know, that sounds too, sort of, I don't mean to sound condescending <laughs> or anything. But I, I really like feel like... Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, I know, I don't mean to. But I think that, um, I was saying to Ted today, I feel like there's just so much suffering out there, you know, with the animals and with humans, and it's just a, like a little place where we can have this vegan, this ethic of compassion, you know, and I just I just have the most wonderful, wonderful feelings towards all the people in our group for whatever reasons they're vegetarian, because they're all good reasons, you know, and I just kind of 
I, I kind of like the fact that people there are people of all ages, people for all reasons, quote unquote, selfish and unselfish. Because I don't think there are any selfish reasons to be vegetarian. Right. You know, it's just. It, it, I mean, I'm so interested in all the reasons, and I'm so interested in all the people. So whatever the the reasons are for coming to vegetarian, and mostly, mostly when you are a vegetarian, you're open to learning about the the other reasons that are different from the one that first led you to it. So I don't know. I guess I do kind of. Maybe I'm being a little, um, I don't mean to wax poetical, but it's just such a wonderful <laughs> group. You know, it really is. I just feel, yeah. and you know, sometimes people say, you know, like, I never forget a person who's come to one, hardly ever, who's come to one of our meetings. And like when people come a couple months later and I remember their name and they'll say, oh my God, you said such a great memory. And the thing is, I don't. I just do connected with anything having to do with the vegetarian society. It's just so important. Right. Do you have any it memories of when you. of when um, Derek and I were on the Ravs board? Do you have any memory <laughs> of that? <laughs> Not it's really. A long. long time ago. Well, we remember how cute you guys were. You, know, you, you giggled a lot, and that's good. <laughs> we giggled a lot. We didn't come up with any brilliant ideas. Is that that's uh, why you sure you, you got you asked us to be on the board because of our looks? <laughs> I doubt that's why we were asked to be on the board. You wanted us to be the poster uh, board members. Okay, well that's actually a requirement for all of our board members. Oh, that's true. That's true. It that's is a good-looking board. <laughs> well, you know, veganism just makes people look good. So. I do know it's always hard for us when um, young people who are ethically committed vegans um, move out of Rochester. Yeah. It always makes me feel pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know it has to happen. I know people move back and forth, and sometimes it, it is good that they're going to other communities, but, um, you know, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to see you go. Oh. We'll come oh, back, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to visit. Yeah, so. I have to tell you, you guys need to come out with another vegan recipe book slash greeting card because I still oh. you know use yours regularly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like it's it's become like a permanent memory. It's on the shelf it's gonna be passed down through the generation. So something so great you guys ought to do again. It's true. Maybe the vegan radio cookbook will be the next one. Mm-hmm. And Megan's got her uh, Oh Sweet Mama's Bakery, but I don't know if she wants to give away her secrets. Secret secret oh, recipes. Okay. Um, <laughs> can I ask you, can we ask you some questions about raising a vegan family? Sure. Um, what, what's gone on with raising a vegan family? What are the, what have, what have been the joys and what have been the trials and tribulations? Well, uh, <laughs> it's not as hard as you might think. Uh, we actually haven't had any difficulty keeping our kids vegan, and probably that's because we started when they were so young. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they've just never really been tempted by not being vegan. You know, we just, sometimes we drive by, you know, Burger King or McDonald's and joke about going and having a burger, but we do <laughs> like those places because they have great bathrooms. So. <laughs> it's always good to use their bathroom. Exactly. Use up their resources. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, you know, really they have, uh, you know, I think Carol's probably been a little more involved, especially when they were little, there were issues around birthday parties and things like that, and whether we had to send them with their own food or whether, you know, mostly the um, neighbors and friends have been really good about providing vegan food for them. So yeah, we, pro- we probably made, we probably came, a, came along in a pretty good time in history when veganism was just becoming uh, pretty well known. Um, Rebecca, she's your oldest daughter? Right. 
and she's almost out of the house. So you, you she is out of the house. Yeah, is she out of the house? Is she going to college now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. So you've you've actually succeeded in uh, raising one vegan child all the way to adulthood. That's that's, right. that's impressive. Yeah. yeah, and she's out there spreading the vegan message. She's talking about joining the vegan co-op, and actually, it's a great thing when you arrive in college if you're vegan because it avoids a lot of food issues. Yeah, <laughs> she's having a much easier time, you know, not gaining weight. Oh, I bet. Where yeah. is she going to school? She's at Oberlin, Oberlin. in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. wow. Yeah. Have you heard of Oberlin? Oh, yeah. I've heard yeah. the name. I didn't know where it was. Yeah, it's a pretty neat place. It's a very progressive school. Actually, it was one of the first uh, college that admitted uh, blacks and the first college that admitted women back in the 1800s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And now they're admitting yeah. vegans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. And, and they're not even both vegans. <laughs> That's true. They're professed vegans. <laughs> you know, I, I had a couple other things to say about raising kids. You, know, you asked what the trials and tribulations of raising yeah. vegan kids were. But I almost feel like for us it's just the trials and tribulations of raising kids. There's no trial specifically related to veganism. Wouldn't you say that, Ted? I would. I would. It, doesn't really, it, it doesn't really present that many challenges. Like Ted said, when the kids are little and they're really under your purview, then you know you have to make sure that they can you know, wherever they go they get the they get vegan food and so on. But I mean I think one thing is that um, we always say that they're like they're ambassadors, mm-hmm. you know. And it's and having them putting them out into the world and us being out in the world is and everybody's vegan really. It's a, it's an educational opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't just you need to get the kind of food that you that you eat, but in the course of doing that, you're you're conveying to people your reasons and the fact that there are people like you out there and you're telling them why. And um, so it's if you think of it instead of, oh, gosh, I've got to, you know, now I'm going to have to work out the food, if you just think of it, every challenge is an opportunity, yeah. you know, to, to spread the word to one more person mm-hmm. uh, or to the school or to whatever. Right. Um, the other thing is that it's, it's so nice. It's so nice to be able to explain to your kids why they're eating. And I think that's why it's never been a source. I don't know. I don't think it ever will be. It's never been a source of conflict because we always talk about why. And I think, you know, all kids are just naturally vegetarians and people kind of gloss over or bury the, 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 the origins of the food that they're eating. So kids don't have to think about it. But when you're vegan, you don't have to hide anything. Right. And then if you actually talk about, you know, where meat comes from or the reasons you don't eat meat, then... It's just something kids they embrace, right. and then then as they as they get old enough to really talk about and read and 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 learn about the reasons, they just become more confirmed in being vegan. Right. You know, it's not like you have to hide anything from them. Mm-hmm. You know, me, me parents who are meat eaters have to hide stuff from their kids, but everything that they're going to learn beyond what you teach them is just going to confirm that they want to be vegan. That was Ted and Carol Barnett. From Rochester Area Vegetarian Society, you're listening to the Megan and Derek 10th Anniversary of Being Vegan Special, Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're on the edge of your seats. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Um, we promise that in our next show in two more weeks that uh, we won't talk about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, uh, I think we've subjected you to enough. Yeah, yeah. Until next year. Um, so, But we, we, you know, since... Uh, you know, we come out of the blue and we thought maybe you would want to know where we came from. Of the people that we used to know back in the day, we had a, a friend named Joe Connolly. He had a group similar to Rev's, but in Syracuse, it was probably a little smaller just because Syracuse isn't as... Uh, it's not as up and coming. Not as 
not as uh, active a city as Rochester, maybe. Although they do have a really good um, hardcore vegan straight edge scene, but those are the people who don't ever go to vegetarian <laughs> societies. Um, so Joe Connolly, Joe Connolly, stay on track here. Oh, we're on track. You know, we gotta we gotta stretch out this talking a little because we're gonna come up in the hour and run out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Connolly, um, he had a little Syracuse. Um, vegetarian newsletter, um, and he decided to leave Syracuse and go to California and um, start a vegan journal there. And it started out in a newspaper format and then turned into a full-fledged, glossy-covered vegan magazine, which is now, you can actually get it at... Whole Foods? Whole Foods, Barnes & Noble. It's called Veg News. Yep. And you'll see that in our show notes at www.veganradio.com. Yep. And it's we a, don't want to give away too much of the story. Okay. Because then you'll just hear Joe tell it again and it won't be any fun the second time. Oh, no. It'd be terrible. <laughs> and you're listening to WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM. Podcast at www.veganradio.com. And it was 10 years ago uh, on January 2nd, 1996, that I founded a group called Faith, which stands for the Syracuse Area Vegetarian Education Society, and a little newsletter that went along with SAVE. And um, 10 years later, those two entities have grown into Veg News Magazine and the Veg News Network, which coincides nicely with, I guess, from what you've told me, the 10th anniversary of the two of going vegan. SAVE was a local you know, vegetarian society, membership-based, volunteer, like many other vegetarian societies all across the country and the world, and you know, we did the usual things. We did restaurant outings, and we did trips, and, and one of those trips was a, a field trip to Farm Sanctuary, and um, yeah, I think you took some photos for us. Either had heard of you prior to that, or I, you know, I, I knew that you were living in Rochester, but um, but I, you know, that was actually when we actually probably first had a really good conversation and, and got to know each other. By 2000, I had moved to California and reformatted AIDS into Veg News, and and yeah, I've kept in contact with you ever since. How did uh, the transition from a small vegetarian newspaper Newsliner. for just mm-hmm. a local area to a national um, news magazine? Right after I founded AIDS, I, I recognized that there were local vegetarian organizations in Rochester and Binghamton and Corning and Johnstown, all over our state of New York for those geographically challenged people listening to this. And the Finger Lakes area is what it's called. It's basically the western half of upstate New York. And I felt that there was a need to network with those organizations to try to build something larger. And I spoke with Gene Bauston of Farm Sanctuary about it. And, uh, you know, this is 96, 97. And Gene advised me, you know, not on any kind of an official capacity, but just on a friendly capacity, that we should, if I was going to do something, I should do it locally. Um, you know, upstate New York, we were actually going to call it Flavor, Finger Lakes Area Vegetarian <laughs> Organization. That, for whatever reason, that didn't happen, but I never lost sight of the idea to do it. And then I met my partner, Colleen, in 99, and in 2000, moved Saves and the Saves paper, moved that to California, and, and basically just said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can make this not just a, a regional project and a regional publication, but but a, uh, you know one that covers all 50 states and Canada and whatever. Really, it was Colleen's uh, help along with my experience that made the project take off like it did. 
we started going from the phase paper to the first issues of Veg News Magazine, which people may remember were, were a newspaper for about three and a half years, a little less than two years ago. We converted that uh, newspaper into a glossy magazine, which you can find on newsstands now you know, across the country in Borders and Barnes and & Noble and every Whole Foods and Wild Oats and you know, Wegmans, uh, places like that. What can you attribute that, your success to? I attribute it to many things. Uh, being in the right place at the right time certainly helped. Being able to move to California and kind of follow, and it sounds like an old Cinderella story or whatever, but when I moved to a more progressive environment, it really opened up a lot of doors for me. Mostly it's Colleen's uh, influence. We, we balance each other very well. I have a long history of business experience, and she's got a very good history of marketing experience. She went to school for marketing and she's always been in the marketing field, so she is the one who's behind the look of Veg News much more than I am. If, if it was me, it would still be a black and white newspaper, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the joke we have anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I'm much, you know, I'm still stuck in the 70s in a lot of ways, you know. But it, you know, it's a combination. There's never, there's no one recipe <clears throat> that I could write out for you to tell you how we got from here to here. It's, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of. Uh, working around the clock and being you know, a lot of connections and a lot of people who supported us along the way. And, yeah, things are just uh, going very well right now. Um, the magazine is, is selling very well. Subscriptions are doing well. Advertising is doing well. And we're able to actually finally start to hire people, which is part of the mission. Part of the mission of Veg News is to help create the vegetarian economy. If, you, if you're a history of progressive and social movements, you'll know that a lot of times, whatever the movement may be, people pool their resources together and they hire people like themselves or they, you know, whatever the project may be. You know, a lot of immigrants do that. That's why we have, you know, Chinatowns and Japan towns and lots of major cities and, and a lot of, um, you know, gays and lesbians do it and a lot of other social movements pool their talent and they try to create an economy based on whatever their little segment of society is. And Veg News is, is attempting to help be a part of the vegetarian economy. You know, we want to be the vegetarian publication that people turn to, and we're not there yet, but I think we've made great headway over the last five years. How can our listeners find out more about Veg News? Well, they definitely can go to our website, which is vegnews.com, V-E-G-N-E-W-S.com, and you can uh, preview an issue. You can sign up for our uh, once-a-month e-newsletter. You can order a free sample issue, I believe, and you can certainly order subscriptions and, and you know, find out all you want to know right there. Right? And the Veg News is a bi-monthly magazine of six issues a year. We just came out with our January, February health and fitness issue. With uh, On the cover is vegan bodybuilder Kenneth Williams. Oh, he's hot, he's listeners. Hot. He's hot. He's hot. I was kind of disappointed you didn't put me and Megan on the cover. Well, you know, it was a debate between you and Kenneth, but <laughs> Kenneth won out, I guess. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine why. Um, I want to end with that I really think people should get this last issue of Veg News because it's all about vegan athletes. It highlights vegan athletes. Yeah, and I know that's a big problem where people are not convinced that if you're an athlete that you can survive on a vegan diet and these people you know are are doing great things some of, some of the most amazing athletes in the world i don't know really. how much time we have left here but, but um i, I want to add on to what megan just said that we actually put this issue that we put out this january february health and vegan health and fitness vegan issue with all these athletes took us years to, to do because we wanted to pick and choose the best 
athletes that we could find, people who were not just the weekend warrior, right. but people who were actually winning medals and coming in first place and, and really doing special things. We've got a woman, one of the women profiled, ran a 100-mile race on three consecutive weekends. You know, over, so over a period of 21 days, she ran 300 miles. On, you know, and, and this is this is like, you know, not just flat courses. These are mountains and going, crossing streams and climbing rocks and stuff like that. So, you know, it's very possible to be extremely healthy on a vegan diet. And, yes, I mean, th- this is an issue we are very proud of. All right. That's Joe Connolly from Veg News Magazine. You have been listening to Vegan Radio, www.veganradio.com. Check our show notes if there's anything you want to check out. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with our regular format the naked news will be back the musical sections all the stuff that you've come to love you know you're jones in for tofu hope you enjoyed the megan and derek 10-year anniversary special in two parts um i know you miss megan's voice she wasn't here to do this closing section with me so i'm gonna put in some of her laugh tracks <laughs> How many vegetarians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two. One to screw in the light bulb and one to read the ingredients. <laughs> I know, that was funny, wasn't it? All right. Um, and just so you know, everything on this show is copyrighted, so don't try to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little catch in my throat. Vegan radio. Oh, vegan radio. Come back again. It's going to be even better next time, I promise. Oh, yeah, baby. You know it will. What's that, Megan? (laughs) (laughs) Vegan Vegan Radio. Vegan Radio.